Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby. If you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So before we begin, uh, let me get some ads out of the way. Uh, this show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And you can help support the show at Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And you can reach out to me via Twitter at magicwithzuby and Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And this show is also sponsored by legitmtg.com where you can get any order over two dollars or more with free shipping and get your magic singles and sealed product there it's a very good uh site very good game store very good group of people there so today is going to be the last episode of the complete theros beyond death set review where we're going to be going over the multicolored cards the artifacts and the lands so let's just go ahead and jump right to it here all right, first up for the multicolored cards, we've got Acolyte of Affliction for two black and a green. It is a human cleric uncommon 2-3. When this enters the battlefield, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, then you may return a permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. The best healers are intimately familiar with death. So the thing I like with this is it sort of, as soon as it comes out, sort of helps you draw through your deck a little bit. And that's something that's very, very useful in something like limited or sealed. So this could be somewhat of an early to mid pick for me if I know I'm going to be going into one of these two colors. And if I'm in sealed playing these two colors, this would definitely try to find a home in my sealed deck as well, too. Um, so next up, we've got Allure of the Unknown for three black and red sorcery. It's a rare. Reveal the top six cards of your library. An opponent exiles a non-land card from among them. Then you put the rest into your hand. That opponent may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost. The Light of Hope blinded Pantor to the ills of the world. I do not like this card at all. So you reveal the top six cards of your library. An opponent exiles probably your best card out of them. You get the rest of the cards. But then your opponent just... Yeah, no. No, I would I would never draft this at all, ever. Um, I, I don't even see how this would be good in draft at all. And, unless... Forgive me, I mean, I know you're being able to put five cards into your hand. But just the fact that they could probably steal your best card out of them... Um, not very good to me. And I, I just wouldn't risk it at all. And, 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 hey, someone out there, if you're listening, you know, prove me wrong or something. But I just don't see how this is good at all. Uh, next up, we've got Ashiok Nightmare Muse for three blue and a black. It's a Planeswalker. It's a mythic. It starts with five loyalty. The plus one. Hold on. The text is a little small. Okay. The plus one is create a two, three blue, black nightmare creature token with Whenever this creature attacks or blocks, each opponent exiles the top two cards of their library. Ooh, so it's attacks or blocks. Uh, neg 3, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then that player exiles a card from their hand. Uh, neg 7, you may cast up to three face-up cards your opponent owns from exile without paying their mana cost. So the plus one is good because you're able to protect the Ashiok Planeswalker with that plus one with that token and the Nake 3 is also really handy if you're definitely playing a sort of sealed deck or limited deck where you're making your opponent discard a bunch of stuff even in constructed where you know there's a sort of kind of eight rack deck that I you know I've built a mono black sort of discard eight rack deck where you know with Davriel and all that especially back when Ixalan was out um the the neg three could be really useful that way and then the neg seven if you were able to get it up that high is pretty decent as well too even if you 
yeah, I mean, even if you only end up, you know, exiling two cards or something from them, if you're able to play those cards from the ultimate, yeah, go for it. But I, I kind of like this. I, I like the first two abilities more rather than just the ultimate. I feel like those are going to be what you're wanting to play those probably way more than just the ultimate. If you ever get there, um, obviously a pack one, pick one for sure. If you get that in draft, because you could just run away with a game with that. Any type kind of planeswalker, you're going to be able to run away with the game. Next up, we've got Atris Oracle of Half Truce for two blue and a black. It is a human advisor, rare creature. It's a legendary. It's a three, two with menace. When this enters the battlefield, target opponent looks at the top three cards of your library and separates them into a face-down pile and a face-up pile. Put one pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. So it's sort of like a a weird kind of factor fiction type thing. So you, you look at the top three cards of your library, separate them, and you basically put one pile. And yeah, I, I kind of like that. Um, I, I'd be... <laughs> You know, it's that's always one of the cool things about factor fiction, where you have to get really good at deciding what pile you want to choose, and you know, and let it go into the graveyard. But with something with this kind of set, with the possibility of them putting escape cards into your graveyard, or just even feeding, you know, fodder to your escape cards, it's you don't. There's not as many feel bads if they happen to go into your graveyard. Uh, is this a pack one pick one? It's possible. It's something like this doesn't. I mean, the menace is definitely good. the The toughness of the of the card is a little bit lacking, but the the ability just to be able to help draw more through your deck is definitely something that's useful. Uh, next up, we've got Bronze Hide Lion for a green and a white. It's a cat rare. It's a three three. It's sort of like Fleece Mane Lion. Uh, you can pay. A green and a white. This gains indestructible until end of turn. When this dies, return it to the battlefield. It's an aura enchantment with enchant creature you control, and you can pay green and a white to where enchanted creature gains indestructible and turn, and it loses all other abilities. So, a three three for two is very 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 good, and plus with this being able to gain indestructible is also really good. I, I, I like this card. I don't like it as much as Fleece Main Lion, but as far as booster or sealed goes, this would be slotted into a deck very easily if I'm in those colors. And the fact of a 3-3 by turn 2 is very, very, very handy to have. And with this, can, be, be, can becoming an aura attachment just is really cool as well, too. Uh, definitely in either a pack one, pick one, or a very early pick, in my opinion. Uh, next up, we've got Calyx Destiny's Hand for two green and a white. Have I been saying green and a blue? No, green and a white. Oh my gosh, I'm really terrible at this. But anyway, so it's a legendary Planeswalker Mythic. Starts off with four loyalty counters. Uh, plus one is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an enchantment card from among them and put that card into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, Neg three is exile target creature enchantment you don't control until target enchantment you control leaves the battlefield. So a banishing light type effect. And Neg seven, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So the plus one allows you to help dig through your library, which in sealed and draft is extremely useful to have. And with enchantment cards, 
cards also being creatures, you could reveal a creature among them as well, or a god if you happen to draw them, which is also very, very, very handy to have. Um, obviously a pack one, pick one for sure. J just the dig effect is probably the most useful part here. The neg three effect of the vanishing light type effect is also pretty cool as well too. Um, that's something always handy to have some really good removal on a stick right there. And the if you happen to get the ultimate off, that just is real that's just icing on the cake right there uh will this see any kind of standard play though uh, off the top of my head unless because i've seen that mono green sort of enchantment deck floating around in the casual plane if that happens to get any stronger and they start splashing white i could see where this starts being useful but it doesn't it, it kind of slows your game plan down though for sure um other than that i i don't see it in standard right now unless there's some other kind of breakout deck that happens uh, next up we've got dalakos crafter of wonders for one blue and a red it is a merfolk artificer that's a rare it's a two four you can tap this to add two colorless mana and spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts equip creatures you control have flying and haste so looking at this just as just as the card itself it's a two four for three which is some pretty good toughness there and you can sort of add it as a mana dork but you're not gonna in something like booster draft or sealed you're not gonna have too many artifacts in your deck you may have one or two if you happen to get lucky and pull them out of your packs but other than that this is just really most of the time gonna be a sort of dead card and i don't mean dead like the the body of the card is still decent it's fine because of the toughness but as far as the ability uh, i mean it's okay the, the equipped ability is better you you equip creatures you control flying in haste but you know i mean if you happen to be able to build a a limited deck where this is useful more power to you next up we've got devour of memory for blue and a black it's a nightmare uncommon creature it's a 2-1 whenever one or more creature or one, whenever one or more cards are put into your graveyard from your library devour memory gets plus one plus one until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn and then you can pay one blue and a black to put the top card of your library into your graveyard it slips silently through the still waters of labyrinth of memories to feed so this is a kind of handy card to have if you have a lot of blue or black cards that feed your graveyard or even you can pay into this to sort of pump it up to a minimum a 3-2 as well. Uh, this could be an early to mid pick if you're in any of those colors. Otherwise, I mean, could this see playing standard? Maybe, I mean, casual decks and all that. But other than that, it's um, I, I, I wouldn't be too thrilled to play this in a constructed deck i mean maybe in something like edh where you're playing a dredge style type deck but otherwise it's it's okay next up we've got dream trawler for two double white double blue it's a sphinx rare it's a three five with flying and lifelink whenever you draw a card dream trawler gets plus one plus oh until end of turn whenever this attacks you draw a card you can discard a card and this gains hexproof until end of turn and then you tap it um pack one pick one hell yes this is just a bomb now the the mana cost is a bit restrictive on it but you're going to want to go heavy into white and blue if you manage to pack one pick one this because this is just an insane card where you know this attacks you draw a card and whenever you draw a card you pump it up with flying lifelink a three five it's a good body and the ability of you being able to give this hex proof as well too is just insane this is a really good card um 
and you know, and I think this is already seeing uh, play in Azorius control and standard right now. So yeah, overall, there's nothing wrong with this at all. Just yeah, pick it, pick it, and it's gonna see standard play. This is when if I get a copy of this in my case, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be putting this into my cube as well too. Next up, we've got Enigmatic Incarnation for two green and a blue. Uh, it is an enchantment rare. At the beginning of your end step, you may sack another enchantment. If you do, search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus the sacrifice enchantment's converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So this is essentially like a prime Vanifar or a birthing pod on a stick, but sort of related to enchantments here. The, the As far as like booster draft or sealed goes... No, not a pack one. Pick one. And this is... If you were playing in these colors and you had a big bomb to be able to put out, yeah, sure. It, that could be cool and good. But otherwise, I'd kind of stay away from this card in something like Draft or Sealed unless you have... Unless you're building a deck around it and can make use of this. Next up, we've got Utropia, the twice favored for one green and a blue. It's a human wizard. It's an uncommon. It's a 2-2. It's a legendary. It has Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on target creature. That creature gains flying until end of turn. Nylia speaks to her in the windblown leaves, Thassa in the rushing tides. So, obviously in Limited, there's going to be plenty of enchantments where this is going to take effect. Uh, the 1-1 counter is very handy, and plus it gaining flying is always very handy and limited. I Yeah, th this would be definitely an early to mid pick for sure if you're in any of those colors, and especially if you're heavy into green and you just spat, splash blue a little bit, getting those big beefy green creatures flying is just that much better as well. Uh, next up, we've got Gallia of the Endless Dance for a red and a green. It's a legendary satyr. It's a rare. It's a 2-2 with haste. Other satyrs you control get plus one, plus one, and have haste. Whenever you attack with three or more creatures, you may discard a card at random. If you do, draw two cards. There's no success like excess. So just looking at this on the body, it's a 2-2 two, two for two with haste. That That's great, especially if you're trying to go aggressive in your limited deck. And other satyrs you control get plus one, plus one, and have haste it's also really good you do you would have to lean a little bit more heavier into red if you have the red cards that do give you the satyr tokens the so that would be a slight drawback to it but you know if you're in draft or sealed and you put this in you, you know make sure to have some of those satyr generators in there and as far as constructed goes i don't see this thing much playing constructed um, at least not right now, especially with riot creatures being out. Um, but as far as limited goes, uh, I, I don't even know if I'd want to do pack one, pick one this maybe if there's nothing better in the pack, but if not a pack one, pick one, then an early pick. If you're in any of those colors there. Next up, we've got Hactos the unscarred for double red, double white. It's a human warrior legendary creature that's a rare it's a 6-1 this attacks each combat if able as Hactos enters the battlefield choose two three or four at random Hactos has protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number many have sought my weakness all have failed so god a 6-1 I mean tax it doesn't even have haste when it comes down and then you choose a random you know two three or four and it has protection from it 
I, I feel like this is one of those trap cards and limited and you, you'd want to choose this because it's six one body is good otherwise it's i i, I yeah i, I would kind of stay away from this and maybe choose something else it it it's too tricky to have because it can just die so easily if you manage to not get the two three or four number that you really need on the field you know Next up, we've got Hero of the Nyxborn for one red and a white. It's an enchantment creature, human soldier. That's an uncommon. It's a 2-2. When this enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Hero of the Nyxborn creatures you control, get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Heroic deeds inspire new heroes. So this is another good pseudo-heroic type creature where, you know, you poop out a token. That's great. That, that, that to me right there is already an early to mid pick. You know, it if not a pack one, pick one, in a sense, if there's no other good removal, because you get two creatures out for three. And with this doing the pseudo-heroic where you pump up all your creatures, you know, hell, more power to you on that. Next up, we've got Clothy's God of Destiny for one red and a green. It's a legendary enchantment god that's a mythic. It's a four or five with indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Clothies isn't a creature. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a land card, add green or red or green. Otherwise, you gain two life and Clothies deals two damage to each opponent. So pack one, pick one for sure. Hell yeah. Obviously. Because so at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase you're going to exile a target card from a graveyard, whether it's yours or your opponent's. Most likely you want to be targeting your opponent's, obviously. And just the chance of it being pretty likely that you're going to do a non-land card and have Clothies deal two damage to your opponent each turn is going to be amazing for that. So, yeah, uh, pack one, pick one all day, every day. And could this see some, like some playing Gruul aggro? It's possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It could definitely be possible. Yeah, for sure. I'd slot this in maybe of a two of something like that. Next up, we've got Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger for a black and a red. It's an elder giant mythic legendary. It's a six, six. When this enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Whenever this enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card, and then each opponent who didn't discard a non-land card this way loses three life, and you can escape this for double black, double red, and exiling five card, five other cards from your graveyard. Um, yeah, pack one, pick one for sure, because this is just ridiculous. Having this played against you in something like sealed, you pretty much might as well just give up if you don't have a way of taking care of that graveyard, because this is just going to get ridiculous. And yeah, I think this will definitely see play in like a Rakdos aggro-ish type deck as well, too. God, this is such a dumb card, but it's awesome. It is such an awesome card. Oh, you know, and each opponent discards a card, then you know, just lose three. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> next up, we've got Kunaros Hound of Atheros. For one white and black, it's a legendary hound. With, that's a rare. It's a 3-3 with Vigilance, Menace, and Lifelink. Creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield. Players can't cast spells from graveyards. 
Three sharp barks announce an attempt to escape the underworld. Three sharp bites end it. So a 3-3 for three with Vigilance, Menace, and Lifelink just off the bat. Yeah, pack one, pick one for sure. That is an amazing creature to have. The fact that creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield here, stop all your elder giants and any other kind of escape creature as well, too. This also is going to be very handy and constructed if the cat combo is still pretty prevalent because this stops cat combo right now. Um, like I said, pack one, pick one for sure. And yeah, and sealed slotted in if you can support the colors. This is a definite, definite early game, you know, buster right here. Uh, next up, we've got Mischievous Chimera for a blue and a red. It's a, an enchantment Chimera creature that's an uncommon. It's a 2-2 with flying. Whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, this deals one damage to each opponent and you scry one. Some curiosities are best left alone. If you're in these two colors, a 2-2 flying for two, yeah, that, that's perfect for you being in those colors. Um, maybe an early to mid pick if you're doing booster draft and if you're in sealed, yeah, slot this in for sure if you're in those colors. Next up, we've got Pelucranos Unchained for two black and a green. It's a Zombie Hydra Mythic Legendary. It's a 0-0, but it enters the battlefield with six 1-1 counters on it. It escapes with 12-1-1 counters on it instead. If damage would be dealt to Pelucranos while it has a 1-1 counter on it, prevent that damage and remove that many 1-1 counters from it. You can pay one black and a green to have this fight another target creature, and you can escape this card for four black and a green and exiling six other cards from your graveyard. Pack one, pick one, for sure. This comes out in the field just right away as a 6-6 six, six for four. And with you being able to pay this to fight other creatures... That is just awesome. The downside to it with fighting, you know, you're going to be preventing that damage. So you're going to reduce the power and toughness of Pelucranos as you keep fighting with it. So that is a bit of a drawback to it, but it's such a great creature to have. And it sort of forces your opponent to do something right away or, you know, face the wrath of a 6-6 Hydra coming your way or a 12-12 Hydra coming your way. And with it being pretty easy and green to gain trample, you know, boom, there you go. Next up, we've got Rise to Glory for three white and a black. It's a sorcery uncommon. Choose one or both. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Return target or a card from your graveyard to the battlefield. A hero dies and a legend rises. Now, this is a good early to mid pick if you're in either of those colors. You know, just being able to get a creature card back from the graveyard to the battlefield. Um, you know, pretty handy to have. Now, I wouldn't, you know spend a whole lot of time trying to make sure you slot this card into your sealed or booster draft but definitely handy to have though and i like the fact that you can choose both for it next up we've got siona captain of the Py pileus for one green and a white it's a human soldier uncommon legendary it's a 2-2 when this enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an aura card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. This is... God, not only does this help you dig through your deck, this also, if you are doing an aura-heavy deck... In those colors, you're just going to keep pooping out tokens with this. This is definitely an early to, or very early pick for if you're in either of these colors. And 
heck, I could see this even seeing play in constructed as well, too. And, you know, that mono green enchantment deck, you know, you splash white with this and you're definitely going to be adding auras to a creature and you just keep creating more and more tokens. You have this card plus something like divine visitation. Now those one ones are now four four angels that are have flying and vigilance now. It's friggin amazing. Next up, we've got the Slaughter Priest of Mogus for a black and a red Minotaur Shaman uncommon creature. It's a 2-2. Whenever you sack a permanent, this gets plus 2 plus 0 until end of turn. You can pay 2 to sack another creature or an enchantment. Slaughter Priest of Mogus gains first strike until end of turn. Mogus is pleased by this offering. Bring him more. So when you pay into this, you are always going to get plus 2 plus 0 and gaining first strike. That is not bad. A 4-2 with first strike is definitely good for two mana. This is definitely an early to mid pick for sure. And this is a, you know, this is also going to be good in those kind of limited decks where sacking creatures matters as well too. Next up, we've got Staggering Insight for a white and a blue. It's an enchantment aura uncommon. You enchant creature, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has lifelink. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Only cowards flee from the truth, say Parasophia the Philosopher. Now, this would be in draft. I mean, I would definitely want to play something like draft in, in these colors. And... God, maybe an early to mid pick. Now, I I was I remember when this card was first spoiled. I was talking to some people on my Twitter, where this is sort of like curious obsession to me. But they, I, I thought it was gonna be slightly better or sort of the same as curious obsession because you'd play this on turn two anyway. But you you are still falling behind where that blue white you know kind of agar we deck that I've seen floating around with the flyers and try to with the lifelink and all that so this is this is sort of a replacement for curious obsession but it's not quite as good um in something like draft or sealed it's gonna be good to have something like this because of the draw effect but in standard it's a kind of weak uh replacement for curious obsession Next up, we've got Euro, Titan of Nature's Wrath for one green and a blue. It's an Elder Giant Legendary Mythic. It's a 6-6. You sack it when it enters the battlefield unless it escapes. When this enters the battlefield or attacks, you gain three life and draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and this can escape for double green and double blue by exiling five other cards from your graveyard. So a 6-6 for three is amazing. Uh, You know, when this first enters the battlefield, it's going to allow you to draw a card and possibly ramp up a little bit and which is not bad at all so being able to possibly play this on turn four or five or even possibly six is gonna be pretty good i mean pack one pick one all the way and this is already seen constructed play i I built a simic ramp deck for standard and this i have i think two copies of this in my simic ramp deck just to help me ramp up more cards and i don't always escape with it because I'd rather be spending the man on something better like Hydroid Crisis or Nissa or or Finale of uh, Finale of Devastation or no what's the is that the green one the but th- this you know it, it comes in handy being able to escape this making a, getting a six six on the field for sure and in draft yeah this is going to be a major bomb in draft next up we've got Warden of the Chained 
For one red and a green Minotaur Warrior uncommon creature, it's a 4-4 with Trample. This can't attack unless you control another creature power 4 or greater. Strength, Skill, Rage all have their limits, but Patience can be infinite. So a 4-4 for 3 with Trample on the surface is really, really, really good. But you can't attack unless you control another creature power four greater so that is a downside but the the upside to that is also at least you can still block if you can't attack right away with it so that's a benefit right there that i can see this is definitely an early to mid pick if you're in those colors and in sealed obviously you want to put something like this this and with it being easy in those colors to be able to get a creature with power four or greater yeah this is a no-brainer putting a card like that in so those are all the multicolored cards for theris beyond death we are now going to dive into the artifacts now now there's not too many artifacts here so let's just go ahead and start off uh the first artifact is altar of the pantheon for three mana it is a common artifact your devotion to each color and each combination of colors is increased by one you tap this to add one mana of any color. If you control a god, a demigod, or a legendary enchantment, you gain one life. So this is a pretty decent mana rock to have. And plus, if you manage to draft one of the gods as well, this just helps you out that much more by increasing your devotion to your color. I would definitely play something like this in EDH if I'm playing, you know, if I'm doing a god deck, a god tribal, or anything like that. This is a very handy card, and it's a pretty decent mana rock as well, too. Next up, we've got Bronze Sword for one mana. It's a common artifact equipment where equipped creature gets plus two, plus oh, and the equip cost is three. Every strike of the Smith's Hammer infuses a sword with the determination of its creator. Obviously, a mid to late pick. It's a pretty decent equipment uh, being able to, you know, you can pay it per, by turn one you know, get it out by turn one, I mean, and then pay three to equip it to a creature. That's not bad. I mean, not the best equipment, but it's decent. It's going to do its job in draft. Next up, we've got Entrancing Lyre, or Leer, Leer, I guess. Uh, it, you pay three mana. It's an uncommon artifact. You may choose not to untap Entrancing Leer during your untap step. You can pay X to and tap you can pay x mana and tap this tap target creature power x or less it doesn't untap during its controller's untap step for as long as this remains tapped its strings are wayward threads of fate i really like the the flavor of this kind of card and and something like this is very handy to have in draft being able to tap a creature and not have an untap at all is always something very useful to you know slow down your op opponent now this is sort of like a mid to late pick because this is not something unless you're playing something more controlly like in draft then it's kind of best just to sort of ignore something like this here in place of something better that's going to help you win next up we've got mirror shield for two mana it is a uncommon equipment artifact equipped creature gets plus o plus two and has hex proof and whenever a creature with death touch blocks or becomes blocked by this creature destroy that creature and you can pay two to equip this so this helps boost up your defense and as far that i've seen i haven't seen a whole lot of death touch creatures in this set here so this is handy to have and it wouldn't be high on my pick list this could possibly be sort of like a sideboard card for draft otherwise it's kind of meh i mean i like the hexproof part that's definitely really that's a definite bonus but i don't think it's enough to you know take out a card that's gonna 
you know, take out something with removal or help you win more. Next up, we've got Nyx Lotus. It's a four mana costing legendary artifact that's a rare. This enters the battlefield tapped and you can tap this to choose a color, add an amount of mana of that color equal to your devotion to that color. So for a rare artifact like this, I mean, I wouldn't say a pack one pick one. I mean, this is definitely, this screams like EDH card to me all over EDH, 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 because it's the, uh, the, um, the Nykthos, uh, land, but just as an artifact and yeah, this is ridiculously good in something like EDH because your devotion is always going to be, you know, somewhat high and out there for, for the most part, at least it should be the, as far as draft or sealed goes. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to evaluate this off the bat. It's, it doesn't excite me to pick something like this. Would I pick it? Yeah, probably. I mean, if I were to do a draft today, would I pick this? Yeah, because I'd want to slot it into some EDH decks and that's the only reason why. Otherwise, if I want to try to win more, I mean, if I'm playing something like green or if I have a lot of high costing mana cards or anything like that, yeah, I could find a home for this. But otherwise, I'm just probably going to be looking for something else in my pack. Next up, we've got Shadow Spear for one mana. It's a legendary artifact equipment that's a rare. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has trample and lifelink. You can pay one, permanence your opponent's control, lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn, and equipped uh, costs two mana. So just for, d- besides even looking at the thing, what you got to pay into, the equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, it has trample and lifelink. That is really good just off the bat. And... You know, this could possibly a pack one pick one because you could just slot this on any creature and the equip cost is really cheap as well, too. I really like the trampling lifelink of this. And then plus, you know, if your opponents have any of those pesky hexproof or indestructible creatures, boom, there you go. You just paid into it and now they are able to die. Next up, we've got Soul Guide Lantern for one mana. It's an artifact uncommon. When this enters the battlefield, exile target card from a graveyard. You can tap this to sack this and exile each opponent's graveyard. You can pay one to tap this to sack this and draw a card. So it's pretty handy to have to get rid of a pesky escape card and draft. And then being able to either draw a card or exile an opponent's graveyard is pretty handy to have as well, too. The, this wouldn't be high on my pick list or anything, probably like more mid to late. The other, Otherwise, I don't really see this seeing much play at all anywhere. I mean, possibly EDH is sort of a a replacement for Tormod's Crypt, because I know Tormod's Crypt is cheap, but if you're playing sort of a Graveyard Matters deck in, in EDH and you don't want to exile your graveyard, you know, this would be another replacement instead of Tormod's Crypt here. Uh, next up, we've got Thaumaturgy's Familiar for three mana. It's a bird artifact creature that's a common, has flying, and it's a 1-3. When this enters the battlefield, scry one. Malatian mages can't claim the title of Thaumaturgy until they have received a gift or omen from the gods. Afar likes to give tangible tokens of her favor. So a 1-3 flyer for three that allows you to scry one, eh, not the greatest. I mean, this can slot into any kind of draft deck. Otherwise, it's mid to late pick. It's a 1-3 flyer is eh. I mean, the fly, flying's good, but for 3 mana, I mean, the scry one's decent as well, too, but yeah, I'm not, you know, 
chomping at the bit to get this in my deck here. Next up, we've got Thundering Chariot for four mana. It's an uncommon artifact vehicle. That's a 3-3. First Strike Trample and Haste has a crew of one. And just in case you forgot what crew is, you tap any number of creatures you control total power one or more. This vehicle becomes an artifact creature until end of turn. In times of conflict, the philosophers of Miletus trade their podiums for conveniences of war. So a 3-3 for 4 that has first strike trample and haste and a crew of 1, heck yeah. Like I said, this can slot in any deck. This would be an early to mid pick and very, very, very useful to have for sure. Trample and first strike with haste, yeah, give it to me all day, every day. Plus you can attack with it first turn it comes down. Next up, we've got Traveler's Amulet for one mana artifact common. It's a reprint. So you pay one to sack this and search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. A vision of home and a glimpse of hope. A very handy card to have for being able to ramp up quickly and draft. And heck, I mean, EDH as well, too. This is always a handy EDH card for helping you ramp up. And in standard, you know, this could see playing, especially like three color decks as well. I think I've seen it played before, but yeah, very handy kind of ramp card for sure. And last but not least for the artifacts, we've got Wings of Hubris for two mana. It's an equipment common artifact. Equipped creature has flying. You can sack this. Equipped creature can't be blocked this turn. Sack it at the beginning of the next unstep. And you can pay one to equip. Dalakos's inventions worked until it didn't. Is this sort of like the Icarus uh, type card here? So you your equipped creature has flying, which is always good, especially if you get like a big buff creature with flying, like a 6-6 six, six with flying. It's ridiculous. So a equip, equipped creature can't be blocked this turn. Then you sack that creature at the beginning of the next end step. Eh, I mean, it could be decent for like a finisher or something like that if you, you know, able, able to get enough toughness in for it but no nah, it's a decent card i mean mid to probably late pick if you don't have anything better to choose all right so those were all the artifact cards and we are going to end this off with the land cards we're not going to go too deep into the lands i'm just going to briefly go over them here but j just to start off with here we've got a reprint of field of ruin i'm glad to see this reprinted here it's an uncommon land you can tap it to add one colorless mana you can pay two to tap this sack field of ruin destroy target non-basic land and opponent controls each player searches the library for a basic land card puts it on the battlefield and shuffles their library now for something like this in limited is not going to see much play at all because it's not very common to have a lot of non-basic lands in your draft deck i'm not saying you you're not going to see them but it's not very common the best use of this that I could see is something like I, I would probably slot it into my draft deck anyway just in case but if they were playing a card like we're going to be talking about next a labyrinth of scophos that would be something you'd want to destroy otherwise this is not a it, it, if you open this up in your first pack ignore this card and get something else if you happen to get this in your sealed pool and put it in anyway because you never know uh, next up We've got Labyrinth of Scophos, which is a rare land. You can tap this to add one colorless mana. You can pay four to tap this and remove target attacking or blocking creature from combat. So a sort of maze of ith effect here. For centuries, the Minotaur Polis of Scophos was unknown to humans. It remains unexplored. So is this a pack one, pick one? 
the only reason I might pick this as a pack one pick one is just the fact of the paying four mana and the maze of Ith effect. Otherwise, I'd probably look at something else that might help me out a lot better. If I were to get this in sealed, yeah, slot it in for sure. And I think this is going to definitely see play in standard as well. Uh, the next cards that are going to be all talked about are all the temples. Um, they finally reprinted the other half of the temples, the Temple of Abandon, which is the gruel one for and for uh, red and green. Uh, next up is Temple of Deceit for blue and black, Temple of Enlightenment, white and blue, Temple of Malice, black and red, and Temple of Plenty for green and white. So I'm glad to see these reprinted as well because the temple uh, set I always, or the temple cycle I kind of like just the scry effect because that was always handy. That was definitely handy back in Cons and Theros as well, especially if you're playing Abzan and trying to scry to a Siege Rhino. Oh god, I hated those days. I mean, there's really not much to talk about these cards. If you open these up in booster draft, I mean, you're gonna want to be looking at something else to pick, unless you need these cards for a standard deck or something else, or you just want to be able to fill out a playset, or you just want something of somewhat of a money card. Otherwise, it's you just ignore them and you know look for something else and sealed yeah if you can fit the colors and put them in your sealed deck for sure because the scribe one effect is handy and then the last land card to even talk about is unknown shores which is a common land you can pay or no you can tap this to add one colorless mana and then you can pay one to tap this to add one mana of any color so unknown shores is another reprint and it's an okay common land i mean the only time you'd even play this would be in draft or limited, but this is going to be one of those stick cards or very late picks if you kind of need some mana fixing or anything like that. Otherwise, I'd just kind of ignore it. So there you go. There you have it. That has been the Pharaoh's Beyond Death set review. You know, I definitely want to hear everyone's thoughts on, you know, how I did and what you all thought. And hopefully you enjoyed it because I, I, I'm trying to take this into a more casual approach here for the for the set reviews because we, we all know I'm not a competitive person anymore or anything but I sort of want to do this from a viewpoint as a casual player as well so I, I hope you all enjoyed it I, I want to try to continue doing these again now that I'm only doing audio form it's a lot easier a lot less time consuming to do because the videos were just too much they, they were just too much for me and my time is getting more and more limited now as I go on and I do enjoy doing these for you people and I enjoy doing them for myself as well too because it helps me out as well too reading all the cards and just trying to think of stuff to build and play so without further ado I hope you all enjoyed the set review uh sorry for the delay again for you know getting caught with the flu really sucks and you know apologize about that so thank you again all for listening and watching and keep supporting me uh have a great day everybody all right thank you